This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning into this episode of my podcast where I'm going to be talking about the baseball playoffs. We are in the conference championship series. So down to the final four teams for baseball. We'll break that down a little bit, give you our predictions of what we think is going to happen for the final three matchups of the baseball season, the two conference championship series, then of course the World Series. After we break down the baseball, we'll definitely get to some of the football as well. But first, real quickly, let's just mention that the NBA season is now officially over. The Lakers over the Heat was the championship with LeBron James and the Lakers defeating Jimmy Butler and the Heat. That is LeBron James' fourth championship of his career. It's the Lakers' 17th championship of their franchise. So congratulations to them for getting it done. If you remember way back to my NBA preview episode that I made before the NBA bubble started, my choice to win the East was the Heat, my choice to win the West was the Lakers, and my champion was the Lakers. So I pretty much hit that nail right on the head. That's exactly what happens. Hopefully you listened to that episode and played along with those plays because those future bets paid out pretty nicely. But okay, with that, let's dive right into the baseball. In the ALCS, we have the Tampa Bay Rays against the Houston Astros, and in the NLCS, we have the Atlanta Braves and the LA Dodgers. Let's start with the American League matchup, and we'll start with the Houston Astros. Look, this is the same pretty much batting lineup for the Houston Astros that was a part of the big sign-stealing scandal that happened over the last couple years and came into light this offseason where the Astros were caught cheating and stealing signs. Their bats had a down year this year, which probably has to do a lot with the fact that they're no longer cheating this season, or at least not that we know of. But again, this is pretty much that same core Astros lineup with guys like Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Gurriel, Correa. But the difference with the Astros team this year as compared to last year is the pitching. Unfortunately for them, they lost star pitcher Justin Verlander for the season. He had to have surgery. And then in the free agent market, they lost Garrett Cole to the New York Yankees. So that leaves them with just one ace pitcher, really, and that's Zach Greinke instead of the three that they were used to from last year. Obviously a huge hit to this Astros team. I'm a very big believer in pitching in the playoffs and pitching is what's going to take you to a championship. Most recent example, of course, is the Washington Nationals last year. They pretty much won their World Series last year based majority on pitching. And for the Astros, without Verlander, without Cole this year, I do think that their starting pitching is going to be a major weakness. In their last series, they did defeat the Oakland Athletics 3-1 in that series, but they did not pitch great. They pitched okay. They averaged giving up just about five runs a game in that series. They did score a ton of runs, but I think the bats only take you so far in the playoffs. And now playing a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, who pitch incredibly, they do have three really good starting pitchers and probably the best bullpen in all of baseball, if not the best, definitely one of the best. So if the Astros want any chance to win this series against the Rays and move to the World Series, they're going to have to get a lot more out of their starting pitching. Okay, now let's talk a little bit more about the Tampa Bay Rays. As I said, they have three really good pitchers at the top of their rotation and one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. In my opinion, that is the formula to have postseason success. You have to pitch with the starting pitchers, and then when it's time to turn it over to the pen, they have to hopefully hold the lead that they have, or if they don't have the lead at that point, they have to make sure that the game does not get too far away. I think that the Rays pitching has that. I think that was on display in their series against the Yankees. 
Yankees. The pitching definitely showed up in that series. They did average giving up almost five runs a game in that series with the Yankees, but with a loaded lineup like the Yankees have, that's really not too bad. That's probably the best offense in at least the American League, if not in baseball. But that was a five-game series with the Yankees. This one with the Astros is a best out of seven, and I think that formula of having three really good starting pitchers actually works even better for a seven-game series than it would a five-game series, because at least two of those three can actually pitch twice in this series with the Astros. Two out of the three between Snell, Morton, and Glasnow. This Rays team is a very solid team. They have one of the best pitching in all of baseball. Their lineup is an interesting lineup. They have no superstar type batters in their lineup. They have no one guy that you can really point to as like the centerpiece of that lineup, but they get contributions all across the board from the one spot to the nine spot. They have no weak spot in the lineup. They have no particularly super strong points in that lineup, so it's very well balanced. A good mix of speed and power, a good mix of righty and lefty. Again, just contributions all across the board. I do think that the Rays are going to win this series against the Astros, and I actually expect them to make relatively quick work of this series. I think the Rays are going to win this in five, if not five, maybe six. So the Rays to advance over the Astros is definitely a play that I really like. This was a play that before the series started, the price was at minus 167. Definitely a play that I am going to make. I have a lot of confidence in this Rays team. It is a play that I sent out on my Twitter account, so hopefully you were following me on Twitter so you could get that price before the series started. Twitter handle at Adam Hull Sports. The pick was there before the series started. It's underway now. I'm picking the Rays to advance to the World Series over the Astros. Now let's move on to the National League where we have the LA Dodgers against the Atlanta Braves. I'll start with the Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta Braves team is in my opinion kind of built similar to the Astros team. They have a very good lineup. They get contributions from their big name players. The Braves have superstar leading off uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. They have one of the best hitters in all of baseball, Freddie Freeman. And Marcelo Zuna had a huge comeback year this year to really be a dangerous part of this Braves lineup as well. So yeah, definitely some big bats in this lineup. It goes deeper beyond that too. But the problem with the Braves is a similar problem that the Astros have in that I just don't think the pitching is good enough for the Braves at this point in the postseason, especially in a seven game series with a team that pitches very well like the Dodgers. I think that is going to be the big factor as to why the Braves probably will not have enough to overcome this really good Dodger team. And look, there's really nothing bad that I can even say about this Dodger team. They are the best team in baseball right now for a reason. They had the best regular season record. They have one of the best lineups in all of baseball to go with one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. They're loaded all across the board. They have two former MVPs in their lineup in Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. The bats just get even deeper from there. Everybody they plug in seems to contribute big for this team. Betts and Bellinger the two former MVPs also still in their primes, maybe even on the younger side of their career, so they could even get better from here. Very, very loaded lineup there. 
And then the pitching is great as well with Walker Bueller, who is probably going to be a future Cy Young winner, and legendary pitcher Clayton Kershaw in that rotation as well. So again, this Dodger team is completely loaded. Great starting pitching, great bullpen, great lineup. And I think that they are just going to be way too much for this Braves team to handle. Look, the Braves are a good team. I just don't think that they're quite as good as the Dodgers. And with their rotation and bullpen being a little bit lackluster, I think that's going to be the big factor here and why the Dodgers will easily advance probably also in five games over the Braves. So I am picking both the Dodgers and the Rays to win their series in five games. They would then play each other in the World Series. I think this is a really intriguing matchup. The starting pitching is very close, but I think I'd give the slight edge to the Dodgers. The bullpen's also close, but I would give the edge to the Rays. Defense, I would definitely think that the Rays have a better defense than the Dodgers but then overall lineup probably goes to the Dodgers. So from those four phases, it kind of goes 2-2. But the deciding factor here in picking this series for me is just the overall depth of this Rays pitching staff. They just seem to seamlessly move from one starter to the next or from starter to reliever, one reliever to the next. They transition pitchers throughout games and even throughout series, and it just feels so seamless. They don't lose anything when they go from one guy to another. They're very deep. They're very solid. That's exactly what you need for what I think is going to be a battle, a long seven-game series, and that is my prediction for the World Series. The Tampa Bay Rays over the Dodgers in seven games. And as for the future bet, I have the Rays locked in to win the World Series right now at plus 310. I think that's a great price to get it at because if I'm right and the Rays do advance to the World Series, you'll never see a price like that again. If they're facing the Dodgers, they probably will be underdog on the price, but nowhere near the plus 310 side of it. And if they end up facing the Braves, if the Braves do somehow upset the Dodgers, the Rays would be the favorite going into that. So again, locking in plus 310 as a great value play right now for the Rays to win the World Series. Okay, so that wraps up the baseball for this episode, and now let's move on to the NFL. Look, we're going to switch it up a little bit on our NFL format for this episode. In our past episodes about the NFL, we have been reviewing a lot of what happened in the week before and in the past and what each team looks like at this point. In particular, our last episode, we did a quarter of the season deep look into each team. For this episode, again, we're going to change the format slightly. We are going to look a little bit at what happened in week five, but then we will focus a little more on looking ahead to what we think is going to happen in week six. Okay, so just quick wrap up of week five, and I will just give a couple of the main highlights, main points that I took away from week five. First of all, look, the Cowboys got a much needed win over the Giants, but the bigger story there, of course, was the Cowboys have lost quarterback Dak Prescott for the season. He had a very gruesome ankle injury, which he immediately went into surgery for. Recovery time somewhere around four to six months, so he's definitely going to be out for the rest of this season. We're definitely wishing Dak a a speedy recovery and hopefully next year he'll be back and better than ever as the quarterback of this Cowboys team but okay back to week five we had two really big upsets this week starting with the Raiders taking down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs giving the Chiefs their first loss of the season the Raiders win this one 40 to 32 most notably the Raiders defense though giving up 32 points 24 of those 32 were in the first half in the second half their defense really came alive and 
really shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for pretty much majority of the whole second half. The Chiefs did end up getting a late touchdown in the fourth quarter, but majority of that second half, the Raiders defense stepped up and scored a huge upset for this Raiders team, taking down the Chiefs, giving them their first loss. The second really big upset of week five was the Miami Dolphins went into San Francisco and steamrolled the 49ers. They beat them 43-17 to in this game. That great 49er defense gives up 43 points to this very weak Dolphins offense. Very surprising to say the least there. Also, the Dolphins mediocre defense holds this Kyle Shanahan offense to 17 points. So that was probably the most shocking score on the scoreboard that you're going to see that the Dolphins completely annihilate the 49ers in their own stadium. Just a couple more things to point out about the week five wrap up. The Seahawks won a wild one over the Vikings. The Vikings led that game pretty much the entire time. They just kept running the ball and Seattle couldn't stop it. They had a fourth down and one in Seattle territory towards the end of that game, up five points. Coach Mike Zimmer decided not to take the field goal. He went for the first down to try to end the game. Seattle run defense finally came up with a stop at the perfect time there. They get Russell Wilson the ball back with just under two minutes to go, needing a touchdown to win. And of course, he drives them down the field and gets that touchdown. That's Russell Wilson. That's what he does. He works his magic again to keep the Seahawks undefeated. Moving on, the Browns beat the Colts in a battle of two 3-1 and one teams from the AFC. The Steelers defeated the Eagles in the battle for Pennsylvania. And then last game, I want to get to the Texans got their first win of the season. They fired Bill O'Brien last week, let Romeo Cornell take over as interim head coach. They were winless to this point. Bill O'Brien's out. They get their first win. So Deshaun Watson and company finally in the win column now. I think they're all relieved that Bill O'Brien is finally gone. They had a culture problem there. A lot of the players had issues with the coach. A lot of the staff had issues with the coach. Bill O'Brien's really just been a train wreck these last couple years and what he's done to the Texans. He has done some winning with this team, but again, I would think it was an overall culture problem that he was presenting there. They remove Bill O'Brien. They get their first win of the season, and let's see where it goes from there. Okay, so that wraps up the main highlights from week five. Now let's look ahead to what we have on the slate for week six. The first game that jumps out to me is going to be the Baltimore Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, the Eagles have just kind of been a big mess this entire season. They only have one win so far. They did get a tie against the Cincinnati Bengals. This Ravens team is 4-1 right now. Their only loss was to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think the Eagles are going to have a really, really hard time trying to slow down this rushing attack from the Ravens. The Ravens also with a very good opportunistic defense. They get the pressure on the quarterback back. Carson Wentz definitely holds the ball a little bit too long, so I think that's going to create some issues. I think they're going to get after Wentz. They'll definitely score some sacks here, maybe create some turnovers with the pressure and the opportunistic corners in Peters and Humphrey. I think this is a really bad matchup for the Eagles. I think the Ravens are going to run right through them. That line sits at seven and a half right now, and I will definitely be taking Ravens minus seven and a half over the Eagles. The next game that jumps out at me from a betting angle is this Steelers and Browns game. Steelers are currently 4-0 undefeated. The Browns are 4-1. 
three of the four Browns wins were against lower level teams. Pretty much all of the Steelers wins have also been against lower level teams. The one loss by the Browns was against the Ravens in week one where they really got annihilated in that game. This is an interesting matchup here. A very important matchup for the AFC playoff picture. The game will be played in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh generally a very good home team and Pittsburgh really owns this series against the Browns in general. This line's only sitting at three and a half points right now. I really like the Steelers to win this game. I think their defense is going to cause all sorts of problems for Baker Mayfield. I'll lay those points. I will be taking the Steelers at home minus three and a half over the Browns. Now let's move into the later game window and the first one that really really jumps out at me is the Green Bay Packers Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. This is a really good matchup between unbeaten Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Tom Brady's Buccaneers at three and two. It's fun to watch guys like Brady and Rodgers compete. This line to me is just wrong. The Packers are only giving a point and a half. I will take that line all day. I think this Packers team is really, really good. They still somehow kind of fly under the radar and people are still doubting them. They've looked next to perfect through four games so far, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers is doing anything he wants right now. He's playing like an MVP right now. He's definitely in the top three for that MVP discussion to this point of the season. I really don't care that this game is being played in Tampa Bay, not Green Bay. The Packers only laying one and a half here, I think is way too light. I think in my opinion, this is a pretty easy one. I think the Packers roll and cover that one and a half easily over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so in terms of betting plays, that's all we are going to have for this episode. It's still early in the week. We like to add more later. When I add more betting plays, I do that on my Twitter account at Adam Hole Sports on Twitter, just to make sure you don't miss out on any of my NFL picks or any of my sports picks for that matter. But for now, we have three locked in. That was Ravens minus 7.5, Steelers minus 3.5, and Packers minus 1.5. We do have a couple other very interesting matchups in week six, such as the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers, two winning record teams from the NFC that are both trending in the right direction. On Sunday night football, we have the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers in a division clash. Again, the 49ers looked like a mess last week, getting demolished by the Miami Dolphins. The Rams have looked good so far. They are 4-1. Not really sure what they are yet because all four of their wins have come against the very bad NFC East. So they are 4-0 against the NFC East, 0-1 against everybody else. That everybody else being the Buffalo Bills from the AFC, who in my opinion is a top five team in football right now. So it'll be interesting to see how the Rams fare against a much better opponent in the NFC than the four teams that they've beaten in the NFC to this point. While the San Francisco 49ers look to bounce back after their embarrassing showing last week. Moving on to Monday night, very interesting matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals, a potentially very high scoring affair with two very good offenses. It'll be interesting to see how the Cowboys look in their first week without Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton taking over at quarterback. And then the other Monday game that got moved because of all the craziness with the COVID and all the schedule changes. We have a real heavyweight matchup of the AFC between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. These are, in my opinion, the two best teams in the AFC. I said that before the season started, and I've been saying it every week to this point. Very exciting matchup there for Chiefs and Bills, and potentially a very important 
matchup when it comes to seeding in the AFC playoffs later on in the season. So Patrick Mahomes and company coming off of a loss to the Raiders will be looking to bounce back and bounce back strong against this Bills team. So again, this is a real heavyweight matchup of the AFC. Really cool that it's a Monday game and interesting that it's going to be at 5 o'clock Eastern. A little bit weird, but again, this is 2020. Everything's weird in 2020. We're just going to roll with it. And with that, that just about wraps up everything that we wanted to talk about in this episode of the podcast. Next week, we will continue going with the NFL, going with the football like we have been doing every week. We will focus more on what's going to happen in week seven. We will give more predictions, more plays, as well as a short wrap up of what happened in week six. But next episode, we definitely want to get back to the UFC as well. That will be a preview episode for the upcoming pay-per-view between Khabib and Gaethje. I'll dive into that big, much anticipated matchup that we've been waiting a very long time for. I'll break that all down. We'll go through some of the other highlights on that card and give our picks and predictions as we usually do. So next week we get football. Next week we get UFC. I hope you join me again for that episode. But for now, I thank you for tuning into this one. This has been Adam Hulse.